Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside my amazing co-host, Savannah Dean. Kevin, unfortunately, is out today. He had some uh, family stuff, and we apologize for the inconvenience of us not posting Monday, or, or it's going to be a one-weeker this week, a one-show week, because, you know, traveling and family stuff, and it happens, that's life, but we're here, big show today, we got everything packed into one, we got baseball, basketball, we got a little college, we got six-pack, we've got one sentence game. This show is so packed. It's like buying a meat. It's by buying a sandwich at Carnegie Deli. We are loaded today. So, without further ado, let's get rock and rolling. Savannah, last night was Game One of the World Series. I actually was ecstatic for this, and it was a lot more scoring than I thought it was going to be when you're putting Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer, two arguably the best starters in the league right now. And to summarize, um, Garrett Cole got lit up like a Christmas tree for the first five innings and got yanked. And the Astros started coming back with a home run by Springer. Actually, Gurriel and the Astros scored first, technically. But then the Nationals came up and lit up Cole. Uh, final score was 5-4. to four. The game was not as close as it looked. Basically, it was for a, a two Springer hitting a double and a, a home run later in the game. But that was pretty much what kept them alive. Um, Early indications, I'm a little terrified that the Nationals are going to pull a 0-4 Red Sox and sweep the the sweep my World Series pr- prediction. Savannah, what'd you think? Uh, I was I was shocked at the game. I didn't think that uh, the Nationals were honestly going to win. I mean, I know that they're a good team, but I had the Astros picked, and I can't believe they lost. I just can't believe the pitching was so bad. That's what that's like. That's what cracked me up, and I, the second Scherzer got pulled is when the Astros really started scoring runs. They got a couple early hits off them, but, I mean, like, that's World Series jitters. Generally, that happens, but I don't know. Game two is tonight. I got the <laughs> – I think uh, they got Verlander on the bump versus – oh, God. The guy's name is escaping me right now, and it's really pissing me off. I can't think of this right now. But it's Verlander uh, taking on uh, – Oh, they're playing right now. It's warm-ups right now. It's Verlander taking on uh, – Jesus, my brain is shot right now. <laughs> Verlander-Strasburg, which is going to be an amazing game. It's just two fireballers, so I love it. Um, yeah, I got Astros tonight. But 
I don't know. This is an interesting series because I, if if the Astros lose tonight, I think the Nationals are sweeping. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, the Astros were in the World Series a couple of years ago, and last two years actually. Oh no 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 no! No, you're right because they lost to Boston last year. Yeah. Two years ago. I'm like, my brain's like off for a second. I'm like, wait, they didn't lose to the Dodgers. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like, this entire postseason has been so odd. So, yeah, I agree. And it just, it, it flew by so fast. I'm like, I remember when it was like Rays versus A's the fr- on October, like, 4th. I was like, oh my God, baseball playoffs. And now it's <laughs> game two of the World Series tonight. All right. Next up, we're switching gears to, uh, NBA. Season kicked off last night, and all anybody is talking about is the Battle of L.A. <clears throat> Clippers ended up taking it. Um, it was actually close. It was 85-85 in the third quarter. Um, Paul George, of course, did not play. He's, you know, they're trying to make sure he's healthy. It's, it's an 82-game season. I would not expect them to put him in. But <sighs> final score was uh, uh, 112 to 102. Um. Takeaways, quick, uh, Savannah. I know you didn't get a chance to catch the game. I'll uh, kind of educate our fall our uh, members here. Our NBA expert generally is Kevin, but I got to like see a little bit and I got to watch the highlights. And unfortunately, if you watch the highlights, you thought the Lakers won because LeBron made the big block. Dwight Howard had a great dunk, but also Kawhi Leonard just just proved he's better than LeBron right now. And I will say that clearly. And I said something about two about three months ago, and Mark or four months ago, Mark and Kevin both ripped me apart for this. I said if either Kawhi or KD gets another title, they're ahead of LeBron in the all-time standings. That's four titles for either all-time. Come all on time. now, all-time. No, I'm serious. It's you go down the list. In my head, this is how I put it. It's Jordan, Kobe, then Magic, then LeBron, and then it's Kareem. But LeBron's spot could easily be kicked if KD or most more more than like like very KD would have to win two titles for me to put him ahead of LeBron because those two titles in Golden State were kind of like counting as one total because he did have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond but I last year you see what happened last year when they didn't have him so yeah I know it's but you see what I'm saying, though. There's always that kind of little asterisk on those titles. But Kawhi took over a playoffs. Not a series. He took over the playoffs. He yeah. dominated the Bucks, who had the best roster in the entire in the Eastern Conference had seen since LeBron's Heat. He took he dominated the Magic, which really isn't saying much. He dominated against the Warriors. And Colin Coward yeah. comes in the most Jordan-like player we've seen since Jordan because of his mid-range game, his get-a-bucket, just get-a-bucket ability, and his defense. I agree with that. And Kawhi also has destroyed three dynasties in his career already, which is unheard of by a team. Jordan took out one. Basically, I mean, he took out the Spurs dynasty, he took out the Heatles, and he also destroyed the uh, the Lakers. I mean, the um, the Warriors dynasty. He is – they call him the NBA version of Thanos for those like me who are Marvel fans as I'm looking up at a Thor uh, Stormbreaker axe being – as Paul in a Halloween costume. But uh, that's what he is. He destroys dynasties, and Kawhi Leonard was sent by the basketball gods to regulate the NBA. And <laughs> the first year 
where there's no clear-cut favorite to win the title. Everyone's jump on the Lakers, and I'm going to tell you three reasons why the Lakers and I might not even make the playoffs. One, they are co-dependent on two injury-prone stars. And I was like, wait, Jared, he only had one. LeBron only had one season with injury. He's also 17 years in the league. Ladies and gentlemen, his rookie year, I was in third grade. I'm three years out of college. That's terrifying how old I feel right now. LeBron's been playing since I was since 03. Okay, but his numbers are still I mean, I feel like they're getting better. Like his I mean yeah, also, he might be getting hurt, but like every year, like some of his numbers continue to increase and get better. He also the reason his numbers are getting better is because he's moving his game closer and closer to the basket because he's losing explosiveness and speed and that and stamina. Which we all knew was going to happen as he got older. It happened with Jordan. It happened with Malone. It happened. Well, Malone was already a big man, but it happened with Jordan. Happened with Kobe. And, you know, Kobe kind of developed into just a three-point shooter towards the end of his career. But it happened with Jordan developed his post game and his final three stretch runs because he was getting a little older. He lost a little explosiveness, and then you saw it like LeBron. His six-nine body type allows him to be a good postman, a good um, power forward. But the problem is, and this is the issue with LeBron, is. He tried to play like bully ball last night, you know, shoving his weight around, like roughing people, and then he ran out of gas. And you saw what happened. The Lakers just could not keep up with a Clippers team. By the way, Savannah, they had no shoot. Their best player last year was Montrez Harrell, who is a rebounder and defender, also has the best sneaker collection in the NBA besides P.A. Tucker. But basically, that team with him and Lou Williams made the postseason and actually beat. The Warriors, I think twice. And now you tell me they get the best player in the NBA currently in Kawhi Leonard and pro- arguably a top t- another top 10 player in Paul George. Yeah, that team is the best team in the West by a mile. And the Lakers are in trouble because they went and got the wrong bi- dynamic duo. The Clippers have a deeper bench, better coach, better GM, better owner. And... Their stars are younger and less injury prone. So, Lakers fans, be very afraid because there's about nine teams in the West besides the Clippers who have just as good a shot as you guys do. And the only way I see you guys making the playoffs is if Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy for the entire season. That's it. You guys are getting. You guys are a first round knockout, even if you guys make the playoffs. So. I mean, that's saying a lot for Anthony Davis, but I mean, you've seen LeBron do it. So if he's if Anthony Davis isn't out. That much, I mean, I still think it's possible. He, he, they, I, he, like, said, they're a seven and eight seed to me. I, I don't see Kuzma turning into a superstar. He's a great player, but he's not good enough to me to carry that over. Because if you take LeBron, you take if you take Anthony Davis, I'll say, God forbid this doesn't happen, but like he has a season injury. Yeah. Savannah, I'm taking the Timberwolves. I'm taking the Jazz. I'm taking the, the Blazers. I'm taking a lot of teams that are French teams, the Pelicans. That are like, you know, that are a little back up who have not as deep of rosters, but their stars are younger and they're more athletic. Their benches are deeper. I would yeah. take those teams in a series over LeBron because, yes, he can dominate a series, but he can't dominate on defense anymore. And, like, they don't have enough, they can't play well enough defense. You, oh, what? You got Danny Green from the Raptors. You got the weakest link in that starting lineup, basically. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my thoughts. Quick NBA notes. Um, Clay Thompson, it was announced that he will most likely miss the entire season. Uh, his, his ACL tear was a lot worse than I thought. The rehab is going to take a little longer. Um, this probably adds to the fuel that they're going to keep D'Angelo Russell for at least the season. 
Uh, Savannah, what are you looking at here? For what? Sorry. Oh, uh, with uh, Clay Thompson being out the entire season. Uh, oh, now. they're screwed. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's not, there's nothing to say about it. I mean, Steph Curry's going to have to step up, and I mean, I know he's an outstanding shooter and good player and stuff like that, but I just don't think it's possible. <laughs> I, I mean, even adding D'Lo is great, and having him play the two, which would be, which would be good for him. But the problem is, I'm worried about is, what's Draymond going to play like now that he doesn't have KD and uh, Clay around him? And yeah, they've always, they've always helped him up. They've always like helped him be a better player, and now it's just. I feel like it's going to be kind of like a poor man's version of Rodman post the Pippen and Jordan years. Like Dennis Rodman. Like he's going to be kind of that type of player. Like he's going to be okay, but he's never going to be like the same kind of guy. Um, also, another injury news. Zion Williamson will be out six to eight weeks. Of course, he was supposed to play last night. I know it's a little delayed news, but we are kind of knew this was going to happen. Um, basically... It's because of his knees, and I actually was talking to a player, a guy, a friend of mine today who listens to the podcast, and I said to him, like, he goes, what, what's up with Zion? I'm like, the boy's 270, at, and he plays like he's 240, explosiveness-wise. Mm-hmm. The human body, and I, I even experienced this a little bit when I was starting to actually weight train and get myself in better shape. My body was not ready for the amount of power that were in that was in my legs. So I was hurting my knees a lot and in my ankles. This happens to a lot of athletes who have very lo- a lot of weight. I was 245 pounds and trying to run like a 4.7, four, not 4.7, who am I kidding, four, a 4.9, 40, like, and doing box jumps, all these crazy things, trying to lose weight. And I experienced this on a minor scale. But to athletes who are doing this professionally and who are, like, going crazy, your joints are not ready for that kind of abuse. And yes, Zion is young. He's only 19 years old. But at the same time, I feel like he needs to cut about 20 pounds of just, you know, he doesn't need to be that 20 pounds in the jump shot. He's the best player in the league in three yep. years. The problem is, is that I just, I feel like David Griffin's all like, Oh, everyone's making it sound like he's out of shape. No, we're saying that his body type and his play style don't mesh completely. And you're going to see this a lot more. I'm happier now. It's before his first year even starts instead of his 14th year, where it's going to take him a year to recover from this. Not, six to eight weeks. So I, I, I just, I think Zion needs to lean out a little bit. I think he needs to really like focus on getting himself a more basketball body and a less of a football body. Um, Cause guys in this league will just take him on anyway, but I feel like, yeah, he's going to get about eight or nine free points a night, just driving the lane. Guys are like, I'm not going to want to get hit. But at the same time, I don't know if his knees can be able to last that long. If he doesn't start to kind of curve this a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. I feel like if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I mean, I know he's in shape, but if he doesn't lose a little bit more weight, he's gonna have to. Uh, he's gonna be like injury prone. Yeah, it's. I just. It just doesn't feel. It's. It. It's like maybe it's because I had weight loss issues growing up, and my knees actually started to hurt when I was at my heaviest. So like that's why I kind of like these knee injuries, weight related, kind of get me a little irked a little. Maybe. It's, maybe it's kind of just like a, a bad memory, but whatever. But like, I know knee injuries aren't anything to mess with. Cause I've had a few even as a, like a minor scale as a high school athlete, like what Zion's going through is something even ratchet up the intensity about 10 times more. And it just, it, it's, it's something that you really can't mess around with. I feel like this is going to have to be addressed. I feel like the Pelicans behind the scenes are like, listen, we don't want another Anthony Davis situation where you're hurt every other year. Work with a dietitian, lean your body out, start getting your jump shot. 
Let's make you rounded, and you're going to be the best player in the league for 30 years. I mean, for 20 years. Let's go. Um, but that wraps up our NBA talk. We are now moving to NFL. Uh, Savannah, we had two big trades happen in the last 48 hours. Both wide receivers are on the move. None of them for the Packers. None so. of them for the Eagles either, but, I mean, I'm not upset about either of them, and I'll explain why. And you shouldn't be either because of th- two reasons. Uh, one, they're both over 30, and two, um, they're both going to be marginally productive. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders can still run like a rocket, and yes, Muhammad Sanu is still big and physical and runs great routes, but they're only going to fit in the systems they went to because they're perfect fits. And they're not going to be the premium guy like in San Francisco. Marquis Goodwin is still the primary receiver, and they still have Pettis. And you go to um, New England, they still have Julian Edelman, and then if they want more explosive plays, they still have Dorsett and Nikhil Harry. So it's not like they're completely hosed in offense. Losing Josh Gordon today is he's announced he's out for the season, and he's my boy. So I, 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 I love Josh Gordon. I love his story. I hate seeing that, but this is kind of a smart rule on both teams. What did you think about it? Um, I just don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking about, like, I the reason why New England is winning games is clearly their defense. I mean, I'm not saying Tom Brady is going down because I don't think he is. But I just don't – I just don't see a reason for them to really add another wide receiver. I mean, other than Josh Gordon going on IR. I feel like if he wouldn't have gone on IR, then I just don't think it would have mattered. I think they may. I think Gordon's been done for this because he didn't play last. He didn't play. Like I mean, I'm not. He. I think he went down against. He didn't go down against the Jets. He went down the week before, right? Right. So I think they knew they weren't like sure, but like they're like, all right, we have to go get a wide receiver because Gordon's done. I think right. this was this was because of Josh Gordon. Yeah, they knew stuff we didn't, which is fine, and I understand it, but. I mean, I guess for me personally, Nikhil Harry, even though he's been hurt, like when he wasn't hurt, he wasn't doing very much. So I can see as to why they go and pick him up. But I feel like once he comes back and or once Harry comes back and he can like pro- actually produce. Well, you you know as well as anybody with your the way your team's been set up over the years is that having more than two viable good receivers is always a good good thing. I think. Right. You know, I think your Super Bowl year, you had Jennings, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, and I care. I think it was wasn't that Adams's rookie year or no? No, Cobb. Oh, Cobb's rookie year, yeah. So, yeah, you guys have always your team is the predecessor of having four good receivers. The Broncos when they had Julian Thomas, Demarius Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and Wes Welker. Um, Philly was supposed to have Aguilar. <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey and Jackson. Now, hopefully, Aguilar shipped out in a box to uh, Cincinnati <laughs> or someplace that's like purgatory for a receiver after his effort on Sunday, and we can go get like Parker or AJ Green or something. But yeah, having three receivers at least with a good tight end or four without a good tight end is the standard now because teams can take away your primary and secondary option. And you need at least two guys open. So I, I get why they did it, and it makes sense. With the Niners, it's it's it makes so much sense. You need young, you have a bunch of young receivers who are still kind of banged up and aren't understanding completely what's going on. And Emmanuel Sanders is a very good, experienced wide receiver. He has to be traded. They acknowledge the request. They sent him out. And you know what? He's gonna get a. He might get a. He might get a ring out of this. The Niners are that good. Their defense is that good. And now their offense is a little more experienced. And I think this makes them a better team. But we all know why. I am hesitant to call him a champion. It's because of one player's knee. That's it. 
If Jimmy G can stay healthy, that team could win win the chip. Right, but it's the same thing kind of with the Patriots. Like, I know uh, uh, San Francisco's offense is pretty good, but, like, their defense is what's carrying them. And that, I mean, that must be nice to know that feeling. Yeah, right? But, like, what What's that like? <laughs> right. But, um, I, I mean, I do think that this makes sense. But, like, hasn't Jimmy G only thrown, like, eight touchdowns and has, like, eight turnovers or something like that? Like, I just don't think – I mean – well, this could help them. This is this makes sense for them. Yeah, it's, yeah, I definitely agree with. That. I think this was a great move for them. You have the best tight end in football, and then because I because if you want to talk about total skill, Kittle is the best. Oh, one hundred percent agree. Well, He's not best, also he has the best hair. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I I love George Kittle because he he like I don't know, he just he he cracks me the hell up. But um yeah I love Kittle I uh, Kittle and if we we did this ranking last year and I got torn apart on Twitter I went. I think I went Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, but now I'm doing Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey. You think that Ertz is better than Kelsey? Yeah, because Ertz is a better blocker. Ertz is more reliable when you throw the ball to him. And <clears throat> as much as you try, Ertz can still get open, even in, he doesn't have to rely on his athletic ability because Ertz is just a better route runner, while Kelsey has to rely on the fact that he runs like a wide receiver to get open. It, it comes down to like the small things like that that put him over, and also the glaring thing that Kelsey could not block out block out sun rays, much less a defender. His blocking, I think his PFF blocking, has got to be in the 40s. It's awful. But he's not. That's not his job. The Chiefs don't ask. Right, yeah, him to block. He's not a blocking tight end, so I yeah. Mean. But Ertz, 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 and Kittle and their systems have to block. Ertz not as much because Dallas Goddard, who might be. George Kittle 2.0, at least in body size, type, ability. Like, they're the Goddard's the blocking tight end for Philly, even though he's just as big and he's bigger and faster than Ertz, but or he's the same size but faster. But it's like Ertz in the Eagle system, tight ends have to block. Same thing in San Francisco system. So it's just, it's just the way it turns out. Andy Reid system, your tight end really doesn't have to block ever. So. All right, Savannah, you ready for the, the our, everyone's favorite game, the one sentence game? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Uh, first off, we're going to start with Thursday. Chiefs-Broncos. Mahomes' knee is down, and so are the Super Bowl chances. He comes back in three weeks. But they're, that defense is still trash. <laughs> ooh, I know, but they're still going to – they're still in it. Chiefs yeah, still. No, they'll, they'll go <laughs> to the championship game and get smacked around by New England for about an hour. Okay, yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah. Niners-Redskins. <laughs> Um, the best play I saw was Nick Bosa's second slide. How do you only put up against, how do you only put up nine points against the Redskins? I get it was the driving rain, but I watched a worse rainstorm between Duke and Miami last year. And the final score was like 14 to 13. Like seriously, score some points, boys. Cardinals at Giants. Patrick Peterson looked like an all pro and Kyler gets a dub. Where was Danny Dimes? Question mark. People are literally talking about putting Eli back in because <laughs> I love New York fans so much. Daniel Jones is not living up to this hype. He had one good game. I, like I had a buddy today. He's a big Giants fan. My boy Marquis, shout out. And um, he was with me at the gym today. He goes, "How you?" I, I walked over my Eagles. He goes, "How you wearing the hat this morning?" I'm like. Boy, I was like, boy, how the f are you wearing? Are you how the hell are you gonna talk? Y'all lost to the Cardinals. 
Like, shut up. <laughs> like, go away. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, but yes, the Cardinals are are going to be a seven and nine. Uh, what? Well, sorry. Nine. You think but, they're going to win another four games? They might. Okay, fine, fine. Six, nine, and one. Sorry. I can see them winning another three or four games. It's not they're not a bad team. I could I could see them pulling off an upset against the Saints this week. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, oh not, I'm not smoking. I'm not smoking that much. <laughs> that, 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 you'd have to I think belly up with drug tests me after saying a take like that. Oh, or, definitely. Or just fire me. Um, but basically, yeah, like they're not a they're they're DS. Their offensive line is trash, but they can score points. And yes, the Giants are cheeks, but. The Cardinals were able to take the Lions with Carryon Johnson. I don't have Johnson. I don't, I don't have that much faith in the, the Lions anymore. Without a run game, they're screwed. But, um, but by the way, look out for possibly Melvin Gordon to the Lions now that Carryon Johnson's out for the season. I I mean I th- I know you'd hate to see that, but you know it could happen because the Lions would make a move like that. I know they would, and I don't want that. I know. See, you're, like, trying to make me not speak it into existence. <laughs> All right, but, yeah, long story short, wow. Um, Next game, Texans-Colts. Um, God, Houston, you're making me – you're killing me. And Andrew Luck, who? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett had a career high four touchdown passes. He's looking good. You know what? He was a like New England doesn't pick bad quarterbacks. The only bad quarterback they've really ever picked that's got a start was Ryan Mallett, but then he was just such a baby anyway. Did you watch? Did you ever see that Hard Knocks episode when he had like a temper tantrum? Uh-uh. Oh my god, it was comedy. I think you have to look um look it up after the show. I think it's like Hard Knocks Ryan Mallett something it's like he loses his he gets really pissed off and gets angry and mopey and it's hilarious to watch like this guy's not an NFL quarterback but um yeah uh Brissett's a beast he's playing great and honestly the Colts look like they could win that division but it's the scariest thing is like I can't pick the only team that is not going to win that division is the Titans and they looked better with Ryan Tannehill which was hilarious to me yeah, so, he's, starting, he's starting this week too. I know, I love it. I I love that. I'm 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 sick of Mariota because you know what? I was like the guy had Mariota. If we're just going on pure talent of quarterbacks, Mariota's in the top ten. But the problem is, he never developed it. He never developed it. Tennessee. Tennessee killed Jake Locker's career. Jake Locker was supposed to be the next like. I don't even know how to describe. He's supposed to be like the next Donovan McNabb, like a mobile quarterback with a cannon arm. I was watching; he was like disgusting at Washington, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be great!" And has too many concussions, and his career ends in Tennessee. So they go and draft Mariota. I'm like, and now they're about to kill Mariota's career. I'm like, Tennessee should just be condemned. They killed freaking Chris Johnson's career. They killed Vince Young's career. They're about to go kill. Uh, Derrick Henry's career if he doesn't get out of there safe. Like, I'm, like, praying for my boy DH right now. I know. Two people – because um, Henry won the Heisman at one point, didn't he? Yep. Uh, oh, Kevin, so- Kevin will let you forget it. <laughs> like, two freaking players like that, and they're just going downhill. And it's crazy. I just I, – I can't. It's like – all right, Deshaun Watson, two picks. 
Um, they no running back or quarterback had total over 40 yards rushing between Hyde, Duke Johnson, and Deshaun Watson. And then Hopkins actually got involved. Thank God. It didn't matter. I still lost in fantasy in that league, but I have them. But yeah, they just they couldn't move the football. How many field goals do they have? I'm trying to like try to see kicking stats because I feel like they had a ton. Oh yeah. Kicking. Um Fairbath, three field goals. If you if you get to the red zone three times and you cannot score and you have to settle for three field goals. <coughs> Lions. Oh <coughs> uh, yeah. <coughs> That's why the <coughs> oh, and the refs is the only reason why you won that game. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh god, my throat. Trey Flowers, I feel so bad for you, buddy. Um my gosh. You know you were so lucky you missed that show because I I wanted to open fire about that call, but I held my tongue because I'm like, you know what? I'm trying not to take her off today. We don't want to lose another (laughs) co-host. I mean, then again, you did tell me off on your first episode about the Saints. So I we knew did. you were here. We knew you were. You could hold your own against me and Kevin, which is surprising because Mark clearly couldn't. Oops. <laughs> um, speaking of the Packers, um, Derek Carr fumbles out of bounds, and the Packers never looked back. Nope. Yeah. Um. Oh, but you know what really happened is Max Crosby, their rookie, did the uh, discount double check, and Aaron Rodgers. Just killed him with five more touchdowns after that. Yeah, but here's the thing. If if Derek Carr just tucks that ball, goes out at the one, they punch it in with your boy Josh Jacobs, and we're talking about a completely different ball game. Yeah, that's what – because I was talking to my mom about that since she's a Raiders fan, and, like, I don't disagree with their um, call to go for it on fourth and goal. Like, we're lucky that we stopped them because half the time our defense can't stop anybody that's running. Oh, <coughs> Philly. <laughs> Calm down. But, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr really just, like, lost the swing of this whole game. Like, that that touch, that non-touchdown right there really, like, swayed it in our direction. I still have the Raiders possibly winning this division, which is the craziest thing. to Everyone's like, oh, my God, Jared, how could you? I'm like, because the Raiders can play defense decently. Ah, <laughs> Gary and Conley. <laughs> hey, listen – the Texans can go suffer with Conley now because Conley, I swear to God, is a bu- – the guy should be a number – like with his intent, with his physical traits, should be a lockdown corner, but yet gets smoked because he has the worst the worst coverage vision I've ever seen in my life. But the Ra- John Gruden is a great defensive coach, and their offense is so good, and they're only getting better every week. Yes, you guys took it to them, but I feel like they just got – all of the and now it's starting to get colder. It's starting to get harder to play in Lambeau. Yeah. But I, I mean, it was, it was it must have been a nice day out there. I mean, weren't you? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, but it's it's just I feel like the Raiders that game they like they had this great plan. They were playing well, and then everything went off the rails and they couldn't recover because they're a young team. Besides, yeah, that's what I was thinking too because they looked phenomenal against the Colts, and then the Colts come out and beat the Chiefs. So it's like it's crazy because I mean I had the Raiders going seven and nine and the last few weeks watching them I thought that they could probably go nine and seven or ten and six but I don't know what happened to them last week I just even yeah. as a Packers fan I'm just shocked that they like let that game get to that I really thought I really thought that this was going to be a tough game I think the NFC has a bunch of teams of destiny 
and one of them I will not reveal until about week 14 because I see it happening, but I'm not going to jinx it. But then you have the Packers. Then you have the um, the Niners who just seem to squeak by on, on like, stupid crap. And then um, you have the Saints. So I don't think the Cowboys – that's I, 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 the Cowboys and the Eagles I can't figure out for the life of me because everyone's like, oh, okay, Dallas is so much better. They're not. I'm going to talk about this in a minute, why this game was not – is. This game, honestly, could have gone a whole different direction if there was a couple po- things going differently. But so yeah. everyone needs to calm down about calling Philadelphia dead because basically if two things go a different way, Philly's running away with that game because that momentum had swung. But anyway, yeah, that's next up. The Packers-Philly game, you know, if they actually call us on DPI. All right, all right, all right. You know what? You know what? <laughs> they, they let the same thing happen for you guys on the drive before. Don't – the refs have been – like, okay, we'll give them this one, but we'll give them that one all season. It just happened that yours determined the game. But also, the timing was so close, and you guys were going to turn it over anyway. Who gives a shit? Um, Vikings, Lions, oh, God. on Johnson's done. Melvin Gordon to the Lions? And, oh, God, the fucking Vikings. I swear to God. I, I know my dad's a Vikings fan, but I swear to God, I just, I hate them. If Dalvin Cook and Stephon Diggs could be quickly moved out of Minnesota, so I could like hate that roster completely, I'd be a happy man. Like I want to slow. I, like Adam Thielen aggravates me, even when he's not playing my team. He just aggravates me. His face aggravates me. I can't figure it out. Maybe it's because he's super cocky, and I'm like, dude, you should be humble from what you came from. Right. I just want like I just want him to go against like Jalen Ramsey and just get shut down, and Ramsey to just be like, "What white boy? What you gonna do?" Just the whole game. I would just love to see that. I want it like mic'd up, because I can't stand Thielen. But you know what? Kirk Cousins is still on a hot streak. But the biggest story was Marvin Jones, four touchdowns. Marvin, shout out boy, saving my fantasies, saving me in fantasy. Oh my gosh. All right, what, what was your summary of this game? Um, I still don't believe in Kirk Cousins. I don't know how in the world he's had two, like, games where he's just, like, thrown. <coughs> oh, they're not in prime time. <sighs> they're not in prime time. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Oh, good. So when the Packers play the Vikings Monday Night Football, is that like a Oh, game? yeah, you guys are going to smoke them by 40. <laughs> It's not even close. Like Dalvin Cook's still gonna run for like 180 yards because he's gonna win. He's gonna like be the first running back to have a shot at MVP. But like because that's the only reason they could ever even make the playoffs is if Dalvin Cook just continues to destroy people. But well, no, I don't agree with that. I mean, I do agree with that. But like, with, what about Christian McCaffrey when you're talking about MVP? That's true. McCaffrey actually deserves an MVP trophy for what he's done for the for the Panthers. Right. Speaking of all. Dominant running backs. My boy Lenny Fournette in the Jags taking it 27-17. When you ride Fournette and Shark, the Jags win. That's my sentence. They're both in the top five in yards in their category. I feel bad for the Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. I feel bad for Zach Taylor. Yeah. The poor guy. Dalton's not a bad quarterback. Like it's oh, just. Whoa, 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 whoa! Time on the play. Time on the play. We might have to put your employment into question for that one. Whew. All right. Re- revert for what you just said about the beige water pistol, but um. He's not a 
horrible quarterback. So fine, he's terrible. He's not horrible, he's terrible. That's my sentence. I said he's not he's not a good one, but like he's not like horrible where they should be 0 and seven. He's not Matt McGloin like on the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I get what you're saying. He's he's the he's the worst starting quarterback. <laughs> okay. He went from he went from average to crap. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm part of the Andy Dalton hatred haters fan club, so. You think he's you think he's worse than Jameis Winston? Yes. Because Jameis is a bit Jameis's freak ability is what keeps him as a starter. That's the only thing that's ha- kept him as having a job is the yeah. fact he can improvise and throw the ball 68 yards down the field. That's oh, the only thing that's kept him as a starter. Season. What? He's had like one good game this whole season. I know, but the, the fact is, when Jameis is at its best, he's a mile ahead of um, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is his best. Oh, my God, he threw a, a third. I think I might have a close arm to Andy Dalton, and I am a kid who's sitting in his computer recording a podcast. The <laughs> longest ball I've thrown in my life was like 65 yards. It was a touchdown, but still, like it was like that was the longest ball I threw in a rec game. And I'm like, I don't even think Andy Dalton's thrown a ball that far in his entire NFL career. Don't even know. Don't care. He sucks. But I, I, I like the, the Jags. I love it. And they're going to get even better if Nick Foles becomes a starter again. Because then you can have Chark even run farther down the field. And Fournette will have even more room to run. Yeah. Isn't he eligible to come back in like two weeks? Yes, actually. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be, I was so excited when the Jags got him. I mean, I really thought the Jags were. Like, AFC South I, is going to be the funnest division in December to watch. I, yeah. Oh I, my God, it's gonna be great. <laughs> All right. Um, Dolphins and Bills. Oh my God, if somehow the Bills find a way to lose this game, but um, uh, Micah Hyde was probably the coolest play of the weekend. So that that's my sentence. Yeah, I miss him. Yeah, he's talk about a guy who like was just like a late pick who just turned into like an All Pro safety. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm Thanks. Just, you, can, you can chalk it up to good old Ted Thompson. Oh, God. You, hey, hey, we regret Chip Kelly. You guys regret Ted Thompson. There you go. Yeah, it works out. But, I mean, I still, I think the Bills, I think the Bills are going to make the playoffs, but oh, I think they're going to get smacked. I think they're going to get smacked around whoever they play in the wild card round. It's because of Josh Allen. Yeah. If you If you hit Josh Allen – he makes turnovers, and when he makes turnovers, the Bills lose. So yeah. I think I they play Philly this week. I don't even know what to make of that game, so I'm staying away from it with a 10-foot pole. But because I Darby coming back is great because he can cover John Brown, and they lost they, they they traded Zay Jones to the Raiders. That's one less weapon I have to worry about. But Devin Knox, Dawson Knox is a pain in the ass to cover. So I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. They have the Jurassic Park backfield with Frank Gore. Because he's he's older than dirt itself, but I mean he's in hurricane, so I have to love him. But um, yeah, I don't know what to make of this. And the Dolphins continue the pursuit of the tank. Now, if they could give us Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard, and uh, you know Devontae Parker for like a couple picks, you know that'd be great. Yeah, I'll take Devontae Parker. No, just give us Raquan McMillan and Devontae Parker. That's their like young linebacker. He's also the linebacker on Madden franchise, and he's disgusting. He's um, he's really he's an Ohio State guy. You should know who he is. 
Yeah, so what would you give for both of them? Um, For Parker and McMillan? McMillan, he's young, so you need a bigger price tag, but Parker's been labeled a bust. So basically, probably a second, third, and maybe a second or third next year. Possibly Nelson Aguilar and get away, get rid of that other second. <laughs> I want Nelson Aguilar shipped off to Purgatory. I mean, I would say cut off his hands, but they're not there to begin with. It's so funny watching the videos. Oh my God! It's like that. That ball is closer to his hands than my laptop is to my face right now, which is hilarious. I know he easily caught that. Oh my God! And if I was Carson Wentz, I would have ran down the field and thrown him to the ground and been like, and like I would have had like you know Fletcher Cox stomp him in the locker room a couple times because like (laughs) that that's like inexcusable. Like that's like you cost us a touchdown because you didn't want to hustle. Right. Okay, maybe not stomp him, but I would have had Doug Peterson like cut him today it's I, maybe it's because the ex-football player in me but like i saw guys do that in high school and it drove me insane because you cost your team a drive and possibly the game yeah and maybe my first reaction is a little extreme maybe i'm still a little salty about it but like it's just you cannot do that it's it's like a lineman letting off on a block and then the quarterback getting destroyed it's not maybe the injury level concern, but you can kill a guy's you can kill a team season like that. And so luckily Philadelphia is not the Detroit Lions. They might actually have a shot at getting back in the playoffs. But um next up, we are looking at the Rams and Falcons. My sentence is Jalen Ramsey looked amazing, and I still don't know how the hell we lost to Atlanta. <laughs> They are so bad. They're so bad. I mean, from the beginning of the season, like, I was always – there were so many people like, oh, the Falcons are going to do so good and so I good. I was and one I, of them. I know. I was always questioning them. Like, what? they're not, their they're not that good. Pre-injury, their roster – pre-injuries, their roster was so good. Yeah. It's, yeah so it's, But it's like a Madden roster, though. It's not an NFL roster. It's a Madden roster, which means it looks great on paper. If you put them in a simulation, they smoke half the teams they play, but that's not what happens on Sundays. Right. So, like, in theory, the Packers should be crap if they're a Madden team because they have a good quarterback, a good receiver, and one good running back, and one aging tight end and one dinosaur tight end and a okay defense in Madden terms. But in in NFL terms, they're a great team because their coaching is better. So yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, uh, Jalen Ramsey looked amazing, and Julio Jones I thought was gonna kill him at one point, but whatever. Uh, Chargers at Titans. Oh God, Savannah, your Super Bowl pick. Oh my God, I, I can't even think about it. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and it's still, it's like, it's like, it's, it's it looks like Allen from The Hangover trying to do algebra in his head while he's counting cards. It's just, it just doesn't make sense. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to connect the dots why they are so bad. I know. And it it yeah, doesn't but... make any sense. The roster, is Derwin James that important? It's their defense. It's I got didn't that. think he was. What? I didn't think he was. I don't understand. I mean, yes, he's one of the top ten best safeties we've had come out of the draft since, like, the Earl Thomas and Eric Berry draft. But, like, seriously, like. I did not think – and, like, maybe the, the Melvin Gordon thing really did shoot them in the foot a little bit when it came to team chemistry. 
I don't know. Like this team just looks terrible. They like the Titans with Ryan Tannehill beat them. And the Titans are somehow still alive in the AFC South. It, it makes no sense to me. I, I, I give up on life, right? <laughs> or at least I don't understand the Chargers. They're going to, I mean, the Titans are definitely going to fall out of it within the next few weeks. Oh, yeah, their schedule is not favorable. Um, Ravens at Seahawks. Two words. No, three. I called it. <laughs> Jared wins. <laughs> I said it. I said, watch out. The Ravens going into Seattle. The Seattle, Seattle coming off of two big wins. We're going to be a little high and mighty, and the Ravens love playing ugly, and the Seahawks were going to struggle. And Lamar Jackson, proven once and for all, he's the best quarterback in that class, number two being Josh Allen. So, yeah, I, I, I'm loving this right now because Lamar ain't seeing no ghosts. He's just seeing the end zone. Right. <laughs> I mean, Lamar Jackson literally outrushed the – his, the team that they played for the third time this season. So that defense is disgusting. And market my boy Marcus Peters, man. Oh my god, I'm so happy to see him playing I, again. Yeah, I cannot believe that. I mean, oh. I didn't. I don't know. I feel like he's like going downhill, and then you see just see him do that. I'm I'm telling you, Savannah, it's that system in in LA. It's not built for a guy like Peters. Like that was like the weird. That was the like a keep to lead can mix between coverages, and so can uh. Jalen Ramsey, but and I said this, I said Marcus Peters is going to be a dominant corner again because of one reason. Who does he have playing behind him at safety? Earl Thomas. The last time he had a dominant level safety, Eric Berry, he was the same pick six artist that we saw because he has backup behind him. He can take those chances. When yeah. you're playing, when you have Eric Weddle and John Johnson as your guys behind you, you really don't have, like, neither of them are fast. Neither of them are considered – I mean, John Johnson's a good safety, but he's not great. Like, you're really, really asking for it if you get burnt on a double move. So, I love this. The Ravens with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys, their starting corners, and Jimmy Smith coming back, are nasty. Uh, I That defense – Lamar Jackson needs to mature a little bit. They can't keep winning games like this, but I – the e- the you know how I I guarantee I said the Patriots are gonna go to the Super Bowl already like I said the Chiefs are gonna get smacked. I don't think the, the, their one threat to the Chiefs not making the Super Bowl is playing in, in that game. If the Ravens put up a good fight against the Patriots, I don't know they could be the second best team in the AFC. I could see it. And do you think Lamar Jackson is like because for a while Russell Wilson was kind of a front runner for the MVP and I feel like Lamar Jackson is just like kind of. S- slowly sneaking up there behind people's like backs and i, I think, think possibly be a front runner within the next few weeks i still have christian mccaffrey winning it but um i just i because i think it's a year of running back wins it because like the quarter every quarterback everyone every every time we think it's a quarterback that quarterback is a bad game like like even wentz was starting to creep up into the mvp conversations before he played against minnesota and then oh look he's out of it now Dak prescott's back in it after his game against philly even though if you actually watch the film Savannah, you and me could have hit those throws in our sleep. Like oh. the Eagles coverage was so bad communication wise that like it was like infuriating. If I was if I was Jim Schwartz, I would just I would have a bottle of bourbon on the sideline. I'd be like, oh my God, what is going on? 
I don't know who their secondary coordinator is, but like whoever like arranges their secondary and stuff like that. But he needs to be fired. Him and Schwartz needs to be wrung out by uh, Jeffrey Lurie in a meeting. And uh, that second, whoever is in charge of that secondary, really needs to get the crap together because that some of those coverages were bad. But to my point, it's a weird year. Like, yeah, I could see Lamar Jackson getting nods, but I feel like just because his inconsistent passing stats, and I don't think running quarterbacks really get the nod they deserve when they're more running dominant like Lamar Jackson has been the last two weeks. I mean, if he was throwing one or two touchdowns a game on top of what he's doing, I could see that. But the fact is that he's only really running for one and maybe having 200 yards passing. That's why I think it's going to hold it up. But, all right. Saints and Bears. (laughs) The Bears are so bad. Oh, and I love it. Oh, man. One of my favorite tweets I saw over the weekend was, okay, so for those of you who don't know, you guys remember David. He came on our show a couple times. I'm not going to bash him too much because, you know, he's just a big Bears fan. And he gets a lot of of his tweets are very Bears-centric. Like one of his tweets was after the Jalen Ramsey deal, I would still rather have Kyle Fuller and Khalil Mack because they're better character guys. And I swear to God, I almost fell off my chair. I was laughing so hard. And all we, we all saw that tweet here at the Belly Up chat and, you know, all of us around. We all had a good laugh at it because it was the most asinine tweet I'd ever seen in my life. But his tweet about um, <laughs> about Trubisky after that game, he's completely given up. He sold him out. He's like, let's trade for Josh Rosen. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. That's just shows how bad the Bears were. They were so terrible, and I feel so bad for Allen Robinson in his career. Savannah, you know whose quarterbacks have been his entire career? <laughs> Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. Imagine the numbers this dude put up if he had, like, Wentz, Prescott, or Brady. I guess I put Prescott in there because Prescott's even a mile better than Trubisky is. Holy crap. Well, you know the Packers offered him a deal, and he turned it down to go to the Bears. I know. Like, and that's the home problem. That's hilarious. You know, I think he regrets that because, like, he'd be probably putting up, like, 14 touchdowns a year with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. 100%. Guys would be, like, lighting teams up with him and Adams. By the way, is Adams playing this week? I don't know. He needs to because I have him in three of my fantasy teams. I've heard stuff, but, like, I've also heard that, like, we're probably just going to, like, leave him out until we come back from the bye since we're winning. Killing me. And our bye is week 11. He's lucky one of the teams that have him on is seven and zero because Mark because every other receiver except him has put up like like twenty games. Now if Deshaun Jackson could get back to that'd be great. But uh, that's not just for my that's not just for like my love of my Philadelphia Eagles. It's also for the fact that like he's on two of my fantasy teams. But yeah, um, the Saints look nasty with Bridgewater, but I just feel like it's even more or less that they did put up thirty six points in that defense though. One was a kick return, a punt return. Which my mom was watching the game, and I came downstairs because I was watching a different game upstairs. She goes, oh, my God, this guy lose from the Saints. He's crazy fast. And I'm like, yeah, he's a ridiculous kick returner. Uh, but I just, like, the Saints are just doing everything right. So I will acknowledge that I was wrong about them to you because you told me off about it. At least for now, Savannah, I concede <laughs> on the the for Saints that- being bad. Oh, For now. No, you really think like the Saints are gonna like turn back to trash or something when Drew Brees comes back? Because the fact that they're playing like this without him blows my mind. 
And I mean, no, they're no, 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 no. the best team in the NFC when Drew Brees comes back. They are close to the I'm best. I'm just saying they just have to play the wrong team in the playoffs, like your Packers. Or, um, or you know, the team of destiny, the 49ers, or something like that. And that's all it takes. It doesn't take much. It just takes – you could go 15 – You listen, you could be the Steelers of 04 and go 15-1. and one, Big Ben, rookie quarterback looking great. And then you run into New England. It's over. You could right. be you could be the once thought unbeatable Rams, and then you run into the Atlanta Falcons in the first round of the playoffs and you lose in 2017. It happens. The NFL playoffs are beautiful like that. You could be Chip Kelly's Eagles and light the league on fire and score 40 points a game against bad teams, and then you lose to the Saints at home because you're a horrible head coach and Nick Foles was not ready to be a superstar yet. <laughs> And Riley Cooper was your second-best receiver. Let's be straight here. All right. Finally, the game I've been avoiding talking about all day. Eagles 10, Cowboys 37. This game could have gone a lot differently if three things changed. Savannah? And the Eagles are not as bad as we thought. I agree. I mean, I agree with that. I don't think the Eagles are that bad. I mean, they did. They did whip the Packers a little bit, so. Um. <laughs> That's why this year makes no sense. It Nothing doesn't. makes sense in the NFL anymore. That's why I stopped doing the picks column, because I'd probably go like 0 for 10 every week. <laughs> I mean, I think oh gosh, the Cowboys are not that good. I don't know what happened. I don't know why your team let them win, but they literally lost to the Jets last week. Ooh, and, like, ooh, ooh, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Pick me, pick me. Okay. Pick <laughs> okay, um. Here's why. Uh, on the second drive, after the Eagles already scored, uh, the refs pulled off a flag on pass interference where Alshon Jeffrey basically got shoved to the ground chasing after a ball. That was one. Two, that one that well, that one that killed the drive. Two, Nelson Aguilar basically had a go ahead, had a touchdown. It was it would have been like a 75 yarder. Wentz knew it in the air when he threw it was going to be a touchdown. Jeff Heath was four steps behind Aguilar. The ball was less than two feet from his chest. He could have easily caught that and hit the gas and he was gone. And that would have changed the whole momentum of the game. And lastly, Doug Peterson did the dumbest thing ever by taking the ball to start the game. If oh, Yeah, I thought that was really weird. But I have noticed that some teams have been doing that. They're kind of like, if they think they have, like, momentum or think they think that their offense is going to, like, come out and, like, take their the team's defense by storm. Like, I've been noticing that teams have been doing that. Yeah. Um, and I also, don't understand it, but... Philadelphia abandoned the run way too early. That was the other thing. Um, but basically, um, what I saw was right. Jalen Mills came come back and made a big difference, at least on half the half the secondary. The other half was huge. But the good news is Ronald Darby's back this week. Deshaun Jackson's questionable. Praying to Jesus he plays. And um, yeah, don't be surprised if Philly gets active tomorrow or next week. I think the Bills games to be pretty telling about what they do. I'm not blowing Philly dead. Um, they could be three and five and still make the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's the, the NFL. We've we've looked at the last two years. It makes no sense what happens every Sunday. Um, it's any given Sunday, literally. That's what it is. So it, it pisses me off, but because the Cowboys, but I'm not giving up my Eagles yet. They got a long hard road ahead, though. They got a, some rough games coming up. But nobody's more dangerous than a team that's been embarrassed twice. I don't know. Angry teams win games. I say that sometimes, and then they just come out and 
get embarrassed again. <laughs> yeah, well, what teams are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the opposite. Like, you think, like, the Seahawks, like, I thought that they were going to win this week because they've won a couple games and they're on a hot streak and then they come out and they get blown out like that. I'm telling you, the Marcus Peters trade made all the difference. Yeah, but just like situations like that, like that's what I feel like. Like the Packers, yeah, when they got, they lost and they went out and like, you know, they but still. Like also, the Packers have also been lucky because they've had game plays that have shifted momentum in the game. Like uh-huh. at halftime, they came out and started scoring against the Lions because the Lions were up. And we knew that at that point, the Lions were like, oh, crap, we can't hang on to the lead. Because this kept getting field goals against the Raiders. That car fumble was like Aaron Rodgers, like, all right, time to open up a can of whoop ass. Let's do this. But <laughs> like, it's it's things like that. Like the NFL this year has been so momentum driven. Like if that pass interference gets called on Jeffrey, Philadelphia probably scores, and we're talking about it being 14-14 with Dak getting the ball back, and the Eagles starting to actually get at Dak Prescott. Yeah. So and those two fumbles to start the game, like really. Like it, it, it's it was such a fluky game, and then it was just like quicksand after that, just like crazy. But I'm not worried. The game just it, it just got it was like one of those games where it gets so out of hand so fast that you can't really like consider it a legitimate game, like a legitimate to the point where like you're like, oh my god, we're screwed. So that was my takeaway on that. And last but not least, Savannah, do you want to do your sentence for this one? Because I know you've been waiting to talk about your uh, sentence for this game. Jets and Patriots. Well, I'm trying to think of something else other than I hate the Patriots. Kevin's <laughs> not here, so it doesn't sting as much. Um, I just – the defense carries this team. Like, it really does. Like, the Jets look awful. I think the Patriots are a fake 7-0. and mm, I'll give you that one. I think they – but they're still the best team in the AFC, but, like, they, they've, they've been very fortunate whom they played. Yeah. My sentence? Sammy seeing ghosts. Oh my God. Oh, you know, I, I get the term. It's, it's a term for rookie quarterbacks when they're like playing against a good defense in the rook in, in one of their younger, in their younger years. And they're like, they're playing as a good defense. So like, and they just like, they're seeing defenders that aren't there and stuff like that. I, I get the term. It, it's, but like, it's just hilarious though. The media has blown this out of proportion and it's so bad. All the barstools in the world are just, came out and basically said like the NFL like I don't know what he said not tricked him or did something like set him up for him to like say that because he knew he was like he like forgot he was mic'd up or something like that and they just took it and ran with it and that they shouldn't have done that and stuff like that I don't know it's it's Sam Darnold's a tough kid he'll come back I'm not worried about it but I'm not either yeah, all right, Savannah. Uh, well, my beers are about to get are about to get, go from cold to semi cold, so we might as well do this right now. Let's kick open a six pack. First off, your Ohio State Buckeyes taking on Wisconsin. I'll let you take lead on this one. What do you What do you got for the game? Okay, so before Wisconsin lost to unranked Illinois, I still had the Buckeyes picked for this game. Um, but now. After last week, I have the Buckeyes even pick more for this game. I mean, I still think that Jonathan Taylor is going to do an outstanding job, but I mean, there's just I just don't think that the Buckeyes are going to lose. I just it's not going to happen. All right, here we go. My upset pick is coming up, but this is not my upset pick of the week. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I think the 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 um 
Every team in college always has that slip-up game every year, but it's the team that wins the national title who avoids it or makes it at least convincing. Wisco did not make it look convincing. They played like crap. And um, I got OSU, but it's going to be close. I just think that um, Justin Fields is probably one of the best quarterbacks I've seen in college in a long time. He That team is just demolishing everyone they play. Defense and running game can only get you so much when the other team can score a ton of points. I got Wisconsin by three. Next up. Wait, you get – wait, 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 wait. You think, you think Wisconsin's going to win? No, I mean, no. Ohio State by three. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to say – Thank you for correcting me because I almost made myself look like a jackass for, like, fucking at all. <laughs> all right, next up. Michigan and Notre Dame. Savannah, who you got? Uh, Notre Dame. Alrighty. I just think they're, I think they're, um, they, I mean, they have a better record. I just think they have, Michigan has just been like weird this year. Um, they have, Notre Dame has a better record. They're putting up more points per game. They have more passing yards per game. They have more rushing yards per game. Like, I just think they're just going to outplay Michigan. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. I just think they're going to outplay them. Oh, okay, so I, I need to get, like, some sirens or something for this in the editing booth, but not so fast, my friends. I have Michigan pulling off the upset in this one. This is my upset pick of the week. We're I'm going to get a whole, like, I might do a whole thing with this going forward, Jared's upset pick of the week in the six-pack. It's Michigan over Notre Dame. I have, I just, it's something so amazing about this. Like, if I was bet, I, you can't bet in Connecticut on games, which sucks, but bet, even though we have casinos everywhere, but basically, there's three in the state, but, like, what the hell? Um, it's just something about this game. I, I love that Michigan is coming off of a week where Jim Harbaugh's talking about leaving and, you know, everyone's like, oh, there's so much chaos, but he's just pissed. You're talking about the fact they just lost to Penn State and they're angry. They want this badly. And you're telling me Notre Dame, who their only quality like game is a, is a win over Virginia, who lost to Miami. The same Miami loss to Georgia Tech and a team and then a close loss to Georgia who is falling like a lead balloon even though they lost the best possible time to South Carolina. Give me Michigan sneaking one out. Yes, the same Michigan team that almost lost to Army. I just think something about this game is screaming upset to me because everyone's taking Notre Dame because everyone's thinking all this chaos in Michigan. I love this game. I think Michigan wins by uh, a field goal. It's going to be like last second – Notre Dame goes for a field goal and it gets blocked, or they turn the ball over. It's some crazy hardball game. I don't know. But I, I just have this weird feeling about it. And finally, since my Hurricanes have no idea what the hell is going on in their campus, the team I root for when they're not playing is my LSU Tigers, being that I was almost a, I could have been an alum of theirs if I just, you know, pulled the trigger on their app. But Tigers taking on Auburn. My boy Joe Burrow is about to lock up that Heisman in this game. I have LSU by two touchdowns. Now, everyone's like, wait, Jared, Auburn played great against Florida. Yes, but then Florida went into LSU and put up a fight against L against um, LSU, of course. But Auburn also lost on some, on some like, really bad plays to Florida. I had to watch the game because it was keeping me distracting me from us losing to Virginia Tech. But LSU is just a clearly better team. Their defense is playing faster. Their secondary is starting to shore up, which is not good news for teams like LSU, who does not have Tua for the next couple weeks. And uh, 
Oof, I got LSU winning this by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think LSU is just a better all-around team. Um, I know that Auburn's playing some notable games, but I just, I mean, I think it's going to be an easy, not an easy win, but I think it's going to be a semi-easy win for LSU. I, I think they're probably going to win by about 10. All right. So, before we start our NFL picks, I would like to announce something cool we're going to do here at Belly Up Sports. Or at least at the corner booth, I mean. So, starting next week with Kevin, me, and Savannah, we are going to start the six-pack challenge. So, even if one of us does not make the picks, we have to send in our picks every week. We get one upset pick. We get one, uh, and we get, like, in there's a certain amount of points. So if you predict the game, the win, it's a point. You predict an upset, it's two. At the end of, this, at the, end of the last eight weeks of the NFL season, or, and we're, we're going to do a, a bowl challenge for the three of us so all of us can pick the bowl games Last week, last year, Mark beat me in that by smoked him in the NFL games. And by the end of the year, we'll kind of figure out a prize for one of us. It'll be pretty fun. I, I just thought, because last year me and Mark did a head-to-head competition, but with how crazy this year has been with all of us, this will be kind of something simpler we can do with the six-pack. I might even do a six-pack plus one, like your upset special. could be a game added on to this for an extra point. I'll let you guys know the rules, but this is something I wanted to announce starting in week nine of next week and going forward into the playoffs as well. But it's going to be fun. I'm ecstatic for that. We'll do a playoff challenge as well. It's going to be cool. But um, kick. I'm going to kick both their asses anyway, so there's no real point in doing this. But um, 49ers and Panthers. Uh, oh, I, You know, I looked at this game, and I really, really want it to be close just to be like, all right, can we put this Cam Newton playing quarterback thing to bed? Can he get traded to some team already? Like, I'm ready for this to be done with, but I can't pick against the 49ers. Can you? Uh, yeah, I can. Oh, ooh. So is this your upset pick of the week? This is. I mean, I I think that they can do it. I mean, I know they're going to the 49ers, but I think this is going to be one of the toughest teams that the 49ers have played so far, even with Kyle Allen starting. I mean, Kyle Allen's looking pretty good. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's up for the um, running, and the Panthers have a six-game winning streak against the 49ers, so I think they're going to make seven. One, nice stat. Two, that's our upset pick of the week, ladies and gents. So the um, – We'll, we'll we'll give Kevin uh the we'll, we'll allow Kevin to match the record of whoever wins our points challenge. But uh so both of us had OSU just so I know. Um, bo- I had Michigan. You had Notre Dame. Both of us had LSU. I have Niners. You have Panthers as your upset pick. And then Texans at Raiders. Now, oh, if you talk to me last Saturday, this game is still as close as it is. Because both teams lost. Both teams shot themselves in the foot. And I don't know what to make of either team. And it makes me angry because I had both teams making the playoffs. So I'm trying to figure out in my head what the hell to do with this game. I... Kind of want to take the Raiders, but I can't because I know what Deshaun Watson can do against a bad secondary. So I got to take the Texans here. I, I, oh my God, I want to take the Raiders so bad. And I really hope I lose because of this, but oh my God, I can't pick against the Texans. Um, okay. So this game is just a little bit different for me. So recently Hall of Famer, um, cornerback Willie Davis or uh yeah Willie Willie Brown. Brown. 
yeah, um, passed away. And he uh, was actually a close friend of mine. But when um, Al Davis, the owner of the Raiders, passed away in 2011, the upcoming week, the Raiders played the Texans and they won. And Willie Brown was a big part of this organization. He went to every Raiders game. Um, he worked with uh, Mark Davis, the new owner, to make sure that the try to help the team to get back to like where they were when they were winning Super Bowls, stuff like that. Uh, so just because of this situation, I know Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. I know what he can do against the secondary. But um, I think that this is going to be a really emotional game for the Raiders. Um, the players – especially for Derek Carr because he was close with Willie. I think that this is going to be a game where they know that they have to win. So I'm picking the Raiders. Oof. All right. I really want to change my pick now, but I know in my head I can't. So so there, there is there – ladies and gentlemen, besides our upset pick, this is where uh, we can have our swing here. So Manny's got the Raiders. Um, last one. I threw this in there because the re- – it just – it looks like a fun game. I do not have the Cardinals beating the Saints, but I think it's going to be a little closer than people think just because I think Murray's going to put up a lot of numbers. I think everyone's been tooting that. that the, also, anytime the Saints play that stupid music and they start trolling teams in their, in their, uh, in their locker room, they, don't they, they always lose the week after. So don't be surprised if the game's really close. Didn't Eli Apple just blow out his ACL because he was mocking Tariq Cohen? Yeah, he did. Oh my god, that's such an Eli Apple thing to do. I feel bad for him because he hurt his knee, but like, that's, a good one. that's such a tool thing to do is mock a guy's height. Oh, I know. I I can't stand. This is why I can't stand the Saints. Like, I hate. I just it, even like Drew Brees is starting to annoy me at this point in his career. Like, I love Mike Thomas, but that's about it. Like, I can't stand anybody else on that roster. Um, I mean, I have I have to go with the Saints too. I think that I. I, uh, okay, at the beginning of the season, I said Kyler Murray was going to be a bust. I hate all the hype around him. Um, and when they weren't winning, I was like, hold slow. And they won a few games, and I'm still like, I don't – I don't. I mean, I just don't think so. I think the Saints defense is really going to expose Kyler for what he is, and that's not a good football player. Go back to baseball. Jesus. Just brutal right there. <laughs> oh, God, coming at the throat. Um. I yeah I mean I said it you said it perfectly I, I mean I don't think he's gonna be as bad it's gonna be as bad as you you said it was gonna be I think the the Saints have a good defense but like I said before the Saints are that one team the second they get over cocky they something just karma hits them like a brick yeah like they started like trolling the Eagles after the Eagles lost in the, in the divisional playoff and then pass interference gate happens and. Oh my God! I wish I could play for you right now. My reaction after that game—it was as bad as when the Cowboys lost in the playoffs last year, and Stephen A. Smith came on the show the next morning. I was—I'm like—I said to Mark, "I'm like, is it possible to get a bottle of the Saints fans' tears right now? Like, is that—is that possible? Oh, can I get Camaras and Mark Ingram on the side too? Like, I was really like about like trolling them." I, it's it's I just it's something about that team man. Every time they get too cocky. Listen, they already lost Eli Apple because they were getting cocky. I think it's hey, listen, if this doesn't stop there, I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme. But uh, that's our six pack, folks. Um, 
I'm going to – we have no Kev's weird shit in sports. So I'm going to tell you all a funny story today. I had to spend 12 cents on my credit card. You're saying, Jared, how is that possible? Well, my idiot butt running into the running into the supermarket at full speed before the show getting iced coffee because I found out my iced coffee that I drink right now has 16 grams of sugar per cup. As a guy who's trying to cut weight, not a good idea. So, and also I like candy. I'd rather eat that, eat sugar than drink sugar. Uh, so I run in, grab a couple of Starbucks start dark roast, like the little, like the glass ones you can buy at like gas stations. They were on sale. So I ran in, I grabbed that. I grabbed some, uh, some munchies and I ran out, grabbed some beer at the liquor store and sprinted out. I had seven fifty eight in my wallet and the final total was seven, was seven seventy. I had to put 12 cents on my debit card. It was the dumbest thing I'd ever done in a, ga- in a food store before besides running back in to buy something I forgot. Um, trying to think of the last call right now. Oh, I got one. All right, let's kick that to jazz. Uh, so, folks, the NBA season is upon us today, and I promised you guys a Minnesota Timberwolves prediction. Every year, my Timberwolves disappoint me, make me sad, make me question my life decisions, and make me overall hate my life. At least in basketball. Um, of course, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is my favorite player. New Jersey native. Shout out. Philadelphia Eagles fan. Shout out. And also, you know, he was supposed to be Kevin Garnett's heir apparent. Now, my Timberwolves um, went and got Jerry Culver, who was Texas Tech's best player. And, most, and pretty much the reason why they made it to the national championship game against Virginia. And uh, I hate Virginia. And um, basically... They got uh, a couple really interesting pieces. They got Jordan Bell, who I think they got really underused at uh, in Golden State. Noah Vonley, same thing over in uh, Charlotte. Uh, they went out and they kept Robert Covington, and Andrew Wiggins shaved his cornrows. Ever since he sh- ever since he got the stupid ass cornrows, and I I love I I thought it was a good look for him, and I loved it. But ever since he got those cornrows, his, his play went in the crapper. It may also have had more to do with the fact that Tom Thibodeau hated his guts and Jimmy Butler bullied him into submission. But I, I like to play him on the cornrows because I, I, I try not to talk about Jimmy Butler as much as possible as a Timberwolves fan who's still like kind of, you know, in mourning over what could have been with that team. But um, yeah, uh, I have my Timberwolves being the seventh seed in the West this year, optimistically. And I have Cat being an MVP candidate because that boy is pissed the hell off. One, that the Warriors did is that the Warriors scooped his boy D'Angelo Russell out from under him because he was supposed to play with the Minnesota, and two that everyone's giving him as much disrespect as they have. And I think Wiggins may have a, like a not All Star year, but a 20 points, couple assists, couple steals a game. And Culver may be a runner up in Rookie of the Year because everyone knows Zion's going to win a damn thing. But that's my rant. Um, yeah. How pathetic did that sound? What's his name? Uh... Ja, Morant, Morant, I love him too. I think it's going to be here on top of my rank, my rookie rookie of the year rankings. It's going to be Zion or John Morant's going to win it. I think Zion's injuries are going to kind of throw him off. Yeah, um, that's something, and that's why I think uh, Ja's going to win it. I think that RJ Barrett is going to really have a bad season in New York. I think he's going to have a good career. I think it's just like this year, first year in New York, he's just going to be he's going to kill him. He's going to yeah. get smacked around. Um. Then I have Culver four, and my last one is Kobe White, North Carolina grad, uh, playing up in Chicago, and uh, not grad, North Carolina point guard playing up in Chicago, 
Him and Levine together, I love that combination. Both are athletic, both are fast as all God hell, and both can shoot streaky. I think it's a good combo. I think the Bulls are going to be like an average to below average East Conference team, but those two are going to be so much fun with the alley-oops between the two of them. So, yeah, in order, Morant, Zion, 1, 1A, Culver, and then um, Kobe White, and who else did I say? I think I only had four. So, yeah, no, that's, those are my four nominees for Rookie of the Year. I feel like there's going to be one guy who's going to pop out of nowhere. But that about wraps it up for my pathetic Minnesota Timberwolves prediction. As every year, I promise you guys it just for comedic purposes. And, you know, I still pray every year it comes true. But um, I'm Jared. That's Savannah. Kevin will hopefully be back next week. We will kick off our – of course, this was the inaugural week of the six-pack. Who knows? Kevin might text in his picks tomorrow, and we might actually run this thing for real this week. So, um, I'm Jared, Savannah, we out. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.